Hello coders, good afternoon. It is Thursday the 3rd of June. We are in that month of uh, of the year. It's uh, it's crazy. We've we're firing through 2021. Um and it's episode 104. Today we're going to be talking about dry programming practices. Uh so dry meaning don't repeat yourself. And what I'm going to be doing today is explaining what that means. And I'm going to be sort of leaning on some of my experiences as to some of the times in which perhaps I haven't created a very dry uh, application or where I've added, used dry principles to make my code cleaner. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. Dry programming practices. Don't repeat yourself. But first, as always, thank you for uh, joining today and uh, cheers everybody. Today I'm on Midway. It's a nice beer that, love it. Um, right, so dry programming practices. What is this all about? This is something that um, I was never taught at uh, university or college. This is something that I picked up um, as I was Progressing in my career, it was one of these topics that uh, I just stumbled upon, which then suddenly made a lot of sense. It's been around for ages. It's been around for for donkey's years. I can't actually remember when this uh, prince, these principles actually came to light, but uh, they make so much sense and they make your code a lot, a lot cleaner. So. Uh, DRY is the acronym. Don't repeat yourself. And of course the opposite of dry is is wet which means wastes everybody's time <laughs> everyone's time or write everything twice so with that in mind you can kind of gauge where this is going to go this talk it's all about writing duplicate code or having duplicate logic um, in your code and the reasons why you don't want to have that is because well there's many reasons one is uh, is human error the other one is is technical debt um, the other reason is that uh, you've got too many uh, too, you've got some big maintain maintenance overhead right you've got two things that do the same uh, thing they might be called slightly different but they have the same outcomes or maybe the internals of a particular method or a function uh, run a similar set of routines that could be done together um, and the, the basically when you don't repeat yourself when you start removing duplicate code or removing duplicate processes you make your code leaner and lighter and you you reduce the like I said the maintenance overhead you make it cleaner to and, and easier to read okay so having a clean code base is a good practice to get into, right? That is, that is the, nobody likes to read messy code. Nobody can, uh, nobody appreciates messy code, right? You always want to try and f try and make your code as easy to read as possible um, and make it as clean and less code smelly as possible uh, because it makes it, it makes it, like I said, easier to read. It makes it to run smoother. It makes it easier to debug issues. Um, and one way to have a cleaner code base is to use this don't repeat your yourself programming principle. Now this principle covers all programming languages um, and 
it doesn't actually it doesn't just focus on programming languages you can actually use this in in other uh, software development sort of um, areas if you will so for instance a database schema okay you won't have duplication in a database schema will you you won't have two tables the same name or just you know table underscore one and table underscore two with exactly the same fields in there you wouldn't dream of doing that so you you you're always and this is a word i'll i'll use uh, more later on you'll always have a single source of truth when it comes to a database right you the user will only be in one user table <laughs> in your database you won't have that uh, floating about in in other tables in your database because then you you know what which which one do you call upon which one is the your single source of truth and you can use that in your when you're writing your code what is your single source of truth when dealing with data within your application so uh, it is it is aimed at reducing repetition of information okay so that's that's essentially what I've just mentioned it it uh, reduces the duplication of information and, and data and logic and um, processes and routines. And you, by, by removing duplication, it means that your code is far lighter, far leaner, easier to read and maintain, as I've mentioned. The opposite of this, of course, is wet. This is where you have um, lots of different pockets of code or if we were to use the database schema analogy, lots of little tables that have very similar data um, that are called very similar things. Um, and essentially what you're doing is you're, you're wasting people's time by having really uh, fragmented pieces of, of data like that, where you've got uh, lots of pockets of code that do very similar things, um, where you're perhaps assigning models in various places or creating models in various places that do the same thing um, instead of instead of boiling it down to a, a single place. And the, the reason why this wastes people's time is that is it's very difficult to debug and maintain and it's very difficult to improve and it's very difficult to understand because when you are having to go through all these hoops of duplication, um, you have Hello, to have coders. to make you have to be aware of of where you know of of what you need to uh, adjust, not just the thing that you might be working on, but perhaps it's used somewhere else. <coughs> Excuse me. So yeah, it's this is um this is a this is a topic again that I was never taught at uni or at college, but it's something that is so so important that every programmer, regardless of whether you're a JavaScript dev, regardless of whether you're a, a, a DBA or whether you're a, a PHP or a Python pro programmer or a Go programmer, everybody needs to understand <clears throat> dry programming principles. Okay, so how do you get too dry? Okay, what happens? Um, maybe you've been given a, a legacy code base full of full of duplication. What do you do? What you know? How do you how do you approach this? So one way is abstraction. Okay, so abstraction is is a process of taking what you're working on in terms of say it's um, say for instance, say for instance you are building a an e-commerce shopping cart that was selling, I don't know, um, 
One minute it was selling shoes and the next minute it was selling jeans, right? So you would have a variable called shoes and then next month you would have a variable called jeans. Okay. But actually what you're doing is you're selling products. So you would create, maybe these aren't variables, maybe these are classes. So you would have a, a class for jeans and a class for, for uh, shoes. Well, both the jeans and the, and the shoes need to have a price. Both jeans and shoes need to have a size, although those sizes are dictated by the type of product that, uh, that you're using. But they, they both boil down to a single product. So if you were to look at this in terms of uh, a relational database, for instance, you won't have a table of shoes and you won't have a table of, of uh, what did I say, jeans. You would have a table of products and then your table of products would have perhaps a product type and maybe a product configuration table that is dictate, that um, changes the options and the, and the config of those particular entities. Same with the code, right? So you won't have a variable called uh, jeans and you won't have a variable called, um, I've forgotten already, shoes, right? You would have a variable called product and then you would have maybe a product type and based on that type, whether it's jeans or whether it's shoes, you offer the various different sizes at checkout, but they will all have a price. They'll all have a VAT or a tax calculation. They'll all possibly have a discount code. They'll all have a stock, right? So you're, you're basically combining the common things and you're abstracting this into... Um, sort of going a level above and saying, well, actually, these are products. And so what is a product? Well, a product needs a stock stock amount. It needs a price. Um, you know, it, 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 needs, uh, it needs delivery charges. It needs all of those kind of things. And then you have the specific pieces of data for those specific products. But those specific pieces of data are handled in, in their own sort of um, in their own right. Okay, so abstraction is the goal um, is to make your code reusable. That's essentially it, right? So you're, you're, you've created a product and you can reuse that in various different types of products. So like we said, jeans and, and shoes here. So the goal of abstraction is to abstract the code uh, into re re reusable sections so that you're not duplicating it everywhere. Um, it involves using key concepts like inheritance. So for instance, if you had... Um, if again, if you had a product, right, um, you may have like a base class called product and that base class may have various different um, methods on there that, uh, that every product needs to have. But then you may have a specific product which extends the, the, the product base class, which then overrides using inheritance. Um, the, one of the, the, the methods that it extends include, you know, it might be, it might be a price override or something like that. Um, so you, you then make this sort of base class stroke model sort of, um, uh, relationship in your, in your code. Um, and in the base class, you put all the common logic and that is the logic that is common to all of the other classes that extend from your abstraction. <coughs> Yeah, another way of doing this is also writing utility classes. Okay, so this could be if, for instance, you were to, uh, I don't know, use um, some way of communicating to the database and you might be using some way of, um, of constructing a query, for instance. 
Well, you might be using, doing that in perhaps a static way. And so you might be calling upon static classes or static utility methods to construct your query and then run it through um, you know, your, uh, your query builder or something like that. Um, so this is where, where you can move static uh, utility things outside of your of outside of the product domain perhaps yeah um the next one <coughs> this one here is um this is an interesting one because it's something that i fall foul of i fall afoul a lot of all of these to be honest i'll go through some of these with uh, my experience as well the f the other one is the rule of three right now this is interesting because it's the rule of three not the rule of two so <laughs> this is where you have, um, if you have an identical code um, in more than three places. Now, what is identical code? It's not a one-to-one. -one. It doesn't always have to be a one-to-one. -one. It could be code that perhaps um, is in a, if you see code, if you see a lot of code in a switch statement or, or a bunch of if statements, right? If else statements. And all they're doing is they're outputting some I don't know, maybe they're, just, they're outputting a, a message to the page or a log message, or they're going through a series of checks and throwing an exception, depending on whether these if statements are true or whether the switch statements uh, cases are true, something like that. Um, and, they're, and they're rattling through these, this uh, if sort of thing. And maybe what you've, you've done or you've seen is in the uh, in the outputs. The outputs is actually exactly the same, but it's the thing, the type that you're switching on, or the check that you're doing that is is concatenated to the output. So, for instance, if you are running through, um, this is very difficult to explain without actually showing you the code. But let's say, for instance, um, you were doing a load of validation, and you inputted. You, you added, or in the input, you would have like this thing that you want to validate. Maybe it was a, a string, and you want to make sure that this string doesn't equal to this, or this, or this, or this. And so you would run it through a bunch of if-else statements, if-else, if-else, else, if, else, if, and then at the bottom, the last one is it's valid, <laughs> right? Because it's gone through all the validation checks, and all you're doing is you're adjusting um, an, an error message and the error message is exactly the same, but the only thing you've changed is maybe the, uh, the, the concatenation of the thing that you're checking, right? So you're checking a string and you basically, you've got a load of duplication there. Um, so, so what I would do in that case is I would put those pieces of, of uh, checking code in an array and loop over that array or do an if in array or something like that where you're you're only doing that once and you're storing you're storing the outcome in an array and then you're outputting the relevant outcome um, and, and concatenating wherever you need to be that means you're not you're not uh, creating a whole bunch of if blocks or switch statements so you're basically reducing the code and you're making it into a single check rather than several checks. The thing is, when you've got several checks, that means you've got to do several tests, which means that there's several um, areas of human error. So when you're running lots and lots of if statements or switch statements or God forbid switch statements in if statements in switch statements, I've seen that today, uh, you... you um, 
yeah, there is there is a danger of uh, code duplication, and it's a code smell essentially. It's a code smell. <coughs> okay, so the rule of three. I kind of went off on a bit bit of a tangent. Then the rule of three is if you see um, three, I, if you see identical code three times, although it doesn't have to be identical code, if you can see a process happening three times or a routine being run more than three times then it really should be abstracted into a common method or a class or something that is reusable and more easy to maintain now the reason why i fall foul of this a lot is that sometimes i'll go into a situation with abstraction in mind without even considering the real need for it so when I start cutting code, occasionally, I will already have the abstractions in my head and I will create the abstractions without any real need for it. And this is a massive contradiction because abstracting something is quite difficult because, it, you know, it takes a lot of thought. It's always best to abstract after the fact rather than to create the abstraction <laughs> um, when you don't need it. This is a contradiction to the next piece, which is uh, keep it simple, stupid. And when I say a contradiction, this um, this is me falling foul of, of this because I've fallen foul of the first rule. Because I've fallen foul of the first rule, which is the rule of three, um, because I've abstracted it because I've only and I've only got the one thing to worry about rather than multiple things. So multiple and uh, I'm overcomplicating it. This is over-engineering over it. I, I uh, accept that I over-engineer a lot. Um, keep it simple, stupid, or KISS. Uh, there are a few ways to keep your code uh, nice and simple. Uh, for instance, don't cram too much into one method or function. Plan out your user flow um, and make your, uh, your, your code design nice and clean, but don't over abstract <laughs> if you don't need to, right? If you don't need to do the abstraction, if there, if you only have one uh, place where this is actually running, then you don't need to abstract it. <coughs> so that's a problem that I've got. I always go into this with the abstraction in mind. Um, and my excuse is usually, oh, well, in the future, I might do this. You know, I might, I might, I might need this level of abstraction, this, this uh, need for reusable code, um, but half the time it never actually happens. So doing uh, dry works best when you're working on code that um, that is already written, that you've already produced. Trying to do this without even trying to write dry um, off the hoof is uh, it is quite complicated and quite difficult in my opinion anyway in my opinion uh, martin is saying uh, i find learning node.js is the best way to understand internet protocols node.js i'm yeah i would um yeah i mean i'm not a massive fan of node.js uh, personally, I'm not a massive fan of running JavaScript on the server, um, but then, hey, I'm a typical PHP and Python dev, so I would say that, right? <laughs> but really, it doesn't matter what language that you're, um, you're using or what, uh, uh, yeah, what, what thing you're doing, all of these principles apply. So the, la the next one is separation of concerns, right? Um, single responsibility. So if your application or sorry, if your method or your class or whatever it is that you're writing is doing more than one thing, 
that means that it's got more than one responsibility, which means that it needs to be refactored and, and, and made smaller. I'm a massive fan of very, very small methods. Small methods where you, when you read the method name, it says exactly what you're going to get in, in return. All right, so you, um, or, 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 or what you need, to, yeah. So for instance, I like my long method names and my short variable names. Um, <laughs> so for instance, I may have a getter that says, um, get such and such, that tells me exactly what I'm going to get by such and such, and that is what I'm going to input. So, so I don't know, if we were to talk about the, the products again, I would do get, um, get, pro, get, get price, right? So I know I'm gonna get a price by product ID. That means I know I need to supply a product ID, right? So that, that in my opinion, is a very nice, uh, succinct um, method name. Um, it tells you exactly what you're going to get back and it tells you what you need to in include an input. But if that get price by uh, product ID also does some crazy calculation, um, which relies on a, a bunch of code from somewhere else, then uh, it and maybe does some sort of um, VAT calculation or tax calculation, and then maybe does some sort of delivery calculation as well. Um, so shipping costs and all of that stuff. Then it's doing a lot of lot of things. It's not actually you're you're returning the product price, but you're also returning the product price in the context of of tax and uh, shipping cost. So what I would do is break those up into smaller little chunks, smaller little um, methods. So you know you got your get price get pro get product price by product ID or get price by product ID. You might want to have get get um, uh, get tax by product ID, or you might want to have get um, shipping cost by product ID, those kind of methods. And then maybe you want to have another method that does just, you know, get total or something like that, that then calls on those three things. But those three things have their own single responsibility. The first one, the get um, price by product ID, perhaps is going to get the, um, the recommended retail price. The get tax by product ID is perhaps going to get the tax calculation, get the, uh, the return of the tax calculation, and so on and so forth. And then maybe you have, would have um, get or you would have calculate total cost by product ID and you feed that in and then it runs through those other methods and there you go. Okay, so um, so separation of concern, that is essentially what we're saying here. Um, you're separating your concerns out into smaller little functions, um, and those little functions are easier for you to read and understand. They say exactly what they need and what they're going to return. Um, so keep your code organized, separate your code into distinct sections uh, so that you can easily go back and find sections to reuse. Uh, have loosely coupled layers separate UI from the data layer and the app layer from the integration layer. Uh, this will make refactoring simpler, obfuscate as much as possible, uh, and make it easier for partners and other developers to make changes to only the uh, permanent type uh, parts. I'm reading from metova.com. I'll put the link in the show notes after the show. Um, this is a, an interesting blog article that they've created um, about this. 
and I would I would add around the separation of concerns um, for creating contracts between perhaps classes to say that um, this class um, has these concerns and this class has this concern, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't know about the obfuscate as much as possible, maybe, um, but you, you basically want to create a nice small light classes with nice small light methods in. And those classes and those methods should only be concerned with the things that they're actually concerned with. Everything else you should inject or you should have some sort of uh, interface to have some sort of contractual agreement from one class to the other class, perhaps using a bit of composition, um, which means that, um, that you, you're really making your classes unique. Um, and uh, the whole point of a unique class is the fact that you're not repeating yourself again and again and again and again. Your tax calculations, your your product price calculations are only done in one place. And that one place is the, the next point, which is the single source of truth. So if you've got a, uh, if you've got a shopping cart and you've got many pages that, uh, that take the user to check out, maybe they need to register, maybe they need to put in a discount code, maybe they need to do um, X, Y, Z, um, and all of that jazz, and then they get finally to the last page. Um, and all through that journey, you're calculating prices and you're calculating stuff. Um, you only want to have the, that calculation done once in, in terms of your code. You only want to have that that calculation done once. Certainly don't do this in the view. You want to be doing this in some sort of um, model layer in maybe a service. And you want to call upon that one service in each of those particular um, pages. But those pages shouldn't be, shouldn't care about the calculation. It's the calculation in the service that should care about that calculation and should be giving you, and you should be running that routine again and again for each one of those pages, leading you up to checkout. You certainly don't want to be creating any other routines that do calculations um, in various different places. Imagine, if you will, there was a bug in one of the, these pages. And if these pages had different ways of calculating these things, and they only and it was done on sort of a on a controller basis so you had maybe you had three pages so that would be three controller actions three views and so forth and maybe you had a calculation on the second page that didn't quite match the calculation on the first page that certainly didn't match the calculation on the last page if you had a bug you had to fix the second page you would also have to alter the first and the third and it, it just gets tricky. So have a single source of truth. Now, also, with this single source of truth, we can go back to the database. Okay, so if you're writing a database um, uh, schema, only have one table for users, only have one table for products, only have one table for, I don't know, uh, um, categories. Okay, don't have multiple tables that do the same thing. Um, and perhaps do it slightly differently. Same with um, fields, field names. So if you're calling user in one table, don't call it customer in another table. Don't call it, you know, you see what I mean? You want to keep it nice and easy to understand and navigate. So there are ways of architecting models uh, and data so that every data element is stored exactly once. Um, they use relational schemes, uh, schemas instead of duplication. Yeah, as I've just mentioned here. 
This can also go a little bit further if you've got, um, say, classes and arrays, okay, and if you're populating, uh, if you're creating an array from a class, so you've got a an array of um, of values, and those values are being uh, populated from this class, this entity that you've got here, and then you manipulate the array, but you don't manipulate the 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 class, the object, right? Then you've got a, a you've you've got you've disjointed your data, in you've you've essentially duplicated your data, your information, and you've altered one, but you haven't altered the other, which means that now your single source of truth has been changed. So rather than changing the variables in the array or the elements in the array, change the object, change the change. Um, the the accessor methods or whatever you need to do and then just use that <laughs> don't convert it to an array and alter that um it it would be just be very problematic um i've worked on projects where there are uh, many layers of of um transformation shall we say of one data source to another data source to another data source and it's essentially like chinese whispers as soon as you get to the last layer um, it's very different from what it was originally um, which can prove problematic okay the next one is you aren't going to need it this is yagni um, this is interesting one so keep your code clean and readable remove commented out code and dead or unused code uh, it is just clutter at uh, at that point that is uh, very true. So if you see any code that you're not using, and I, modern IDEs here uh, do, uh, do, do this very well by highlighting code that's never used, or you could use um, auditing tools and linters and stuff to, um, to identify code that's never been uh, read or never been written to. You know, if you've got properties, for instance, of a class and you're not actually doing anything with that property. Um, or another great example is with PHP, uh, PHP Storm at least, you can see all the, um, it marks all the namespaces um, that aren't being used in your, in your class. Um, sorry, not your namespaces, sorry, your imports. It, it, um, it, uh, where you've got use and, uh, and then the, the import, it will mark those um, if it's not being used. So it'll highlight that so you can get rid of it. And there's also a nice little shortcut that I, that I use, which is control alt shift. And I think it's O, um, I think that's my shortcut key. <laughs> and uh, it, it has this uh, optimize imports um, tick box. So it's in the refactor sort of option. And uh, it will remove all of that stuff um, all the dead code, all the dead weight. I would not remove uh, comments though. Okay, comments are really important, especially if they're nice and updated, but I would remove commented out code. Okay, so I would, would remove commented out code because it's useless code, it doesn't, it doesn't work. It, you know, it's not being executed, it's not running, it's just, it's just um, uh, furniture that you have to navigate around when you're reading the code, you know, it's useless. So remove that stuff. Remove it. Um, yeah, as this as the blog says, it's just clutter that um, that uh, at that point it should it shouldn't be scary if you're using source control because you can always revert back. Um, uh, this cuts down package bloat, making your application smaller because you're removing lines, and um, it's yeah fundamentally this makes it easier easier to read. 
But there is another point to this uh, Yagni stuff. You aren't going to need it. And that is, again, trying to keep your application as simple as possible. Um, it's, it's, it's interesting how many times a, uh, just even at a product level, perhaps um, a feature gets uh, requested, but it's, it's a, it hasn't been perhaps um, researched as in, do we actually need this? Is this actually going to be uh, required? Or it could come down to the code level where it's um, you you think that you're doing a good job by abstracting your your code. You think that it's going to be nice and readable, but actually you're not going to reuse that code anywhere, and therefore you've gone and overcomplicated that code, and so you're not going to need that abstraction. Um, only do this when you need to do this. That's the whole point of this. Of this, uh, if if if. If you don't take, if you take one thing away from this, this is you should only make your code dry when it needs to be dry, right? Um, don't don't do what I do and and just dive into a solution with abstraction and you know, without actually considering the consequences or considering um, that uh, this code is only going to be used here and never be used anywhere else, because <laughs> because there's no need to do dry. You should only do it when you need to do it. <coughs> Because technically, technically, if the code's only been written once, then it's dry already, right? So yeah, um, the next uh, thing I wanted to to so the, sorry that was the um, that was uh, I think it's Metova Meto Metova. It's uh, it's an interesting blog post. Dry programming practices here, um, but there was something I wanted to talk about as well. There was another one. Um, the valuable dev ha has a nice little uh, blog post about um, the benefits of uh, or the dry principle cost benefit example, and this has some really good um, examples of code that isn't dry and how to make that dry. And one of the examples here is is of uh, two classes. One is order return and one is shipment. And the shipment um, has a public um, uh, property called delivery time. And it's an integer of four in days, okay? And it has a method called calculate delivery date and it returns a date time. Um, and that does a calculation um, doing the date time uh, PHP and it deals with the delivery time uh, property and so forth. The, the actual routine here doesn't really, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that the, there is another class called order return, which also has a time, a return limit, which is a, uh, a, a property. And that is in debt, that has days as well. And it also has a, a method called calculate last return day, uh, which returns a date time. Now, these methods are called totally different things and they have totally different contexts. Their shipment, has a context of calculating the delivery day, okay? The calculating the, the the day in which it's going to be delivered. The order return ha is in the context of returning that order, okay? So calculating when that that order can be returned. So one is to calculate the 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 delivery dates, and the other one is to calculate the um, the last day of return. The calculations, if we remove the context, the calculations are exactly the same. All we're doing is we're changing the name of the method and we're changing 
the, uh, the property name and we've changed the class name. But actually, the routines are exactly the same. So this is a great example of, of you don't, your code doesn't have to be your complete true one-to-one -to, -one to be deemed as um, duplicate. This is an example of the calculation, the logic being completely duplicate. The contexts don't actually matter in this case. Um, so instead of, of doing this, you would having two classes that, that run this same routine, you would perhaps have a base class for um, date calculations or um, uh, uh, prop, and I guess you would call this uh, uh, product calculations or something like product dates or something like that, or delivery dates maybe, um, make that a little bit more generic. And you would have perhaps two classes, shipment and order return. Obviously they would do other things than just calculate the delivery um, days for instance, but they would extend and they would run a generic routine to calculate um, based on a in the in the order return the return limit that's passed or the if shipments case it would be delivery time and you would pass that in as a property to a method or sorry an, arg an argument to a method um, that does that calculation but that calculation is only made once which means that if there is a bug in in uh, in that place you only have to fix it once you don't have to fix it twice um, yeah but uh, another point that this this uh, blog post, the valuable dev, the valuable dot dev makes, which is really good, is the fact, and I think I've mentioned it before, is the fact that uh, it's not all about code when you're dealing with dry. Um, so they say dry is not something you should only respect in your code. You should repeat. You, uh, you shouldn't repeat your knowledge of business domain in anything related to your project. Um, so the idea of dry is is simple in theory. You shouldn't need to update in parallel multiple in parallel multiple things when one change occurs. So, for instance, if you change one thing and you have to change that thing in multiple places, then that is a red flag and that is a code smell and you need to you need to fix it. <laughs> that is that is a, a case for you not writing dry code. Um, if your knowledge is repeated two times in your code and you forget to update one occurrence of the same knowledge, expect bugs and tears. <laughs> in your documentation, it could lead to misconceptions, confusion, and ultimately wrong implementations. So if you've got doc documentation that um, talks about um, the same thing twice and one is done from perhaps, you know, was written like uh, in 2000s and whatever and and the other piece of documentation was written last week and the person reading this is reading the old one and doesn't realize then that's going to be obviously out of date and they're going to get it wrong <laughs> so make sure that again this goes back to a single source of truth so if even in documentation terms so only have one place you only have one readme file you only have one install file right dot md uh, to read so um, this is, I will also add this to, to the list in the show notes too, because this is really good. Re really, really good. <laughs> yeah, really, really like this, uh, this blog, blog, blog post. Um, also, you shouldn't apply the dry principle if your business logic doesn't have any duplication yet. Uh, so this is another thing that I mentioned earlier in the sense that you don't always need to do dry. This is called premature refactoring. Um, 
as a, as a rule of thumb, trying to apply dry to something which is used only once can lead to pre premature generalization, which is something that I suffer for from. And this is when I, uh, I go in headfirst and try and abstract something that doesn't need to be abstract because that's just the way I w I'm wired. Um, I go, well, this is, this is actually, you know, if we can generalize this a little bit, we can do it this way. Um, and this might give it more future flexibility. But in fact, what I've done is I've enforced some, some barriers and some rules uh, when I haven't needed to. So it's a, it's a bit of a balancing act here. When do I need to use it versus when I don't need to do it? Um, and really what I should be more concentrating on is actually writing the code and then doing the dry after the code is written. This should be something that is post-code uh, cutting. Uh, if you begin to generalize something because it could have been useful later, uh, 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 you will spend time to create an abstract classes uh, and whatnot, which might be only used in one place forever. <laughs> yes, I've done that before. I have certainly done that before. Business needs to change very quickly and drastically. Today, everybody will tell you that, that uh, you need some generalization for the future. Tomorrow, everybody will forget about it. That is some really, that, that's uh, some real strong truth there. Uh, and also number two, again, you will possibly introduce complexity and coupling in your code for no benefit. So by trying to make your code cleaner, you're actually making your code um, more complicated. Code reuse and code duplication are two different things. Dry states that you shouldn't duplicate knowledge, right? Uh, not that you should uh, code, Sorry, not that you should code to be able to reuse everything. Okay, uh, this is what I've learned over the years. Code for for the specific. Don't try to generalize. That is some really good words of advice. Even your ma even if your managers would love to have ninety percent of your application reusable for every single use case in practice, this is almost never possible. That is some really. <laughs> Good pieces of advice here. I love this. Yeah. So this is what I've learned over the, yeah, I just said that two functionalities, even if they look very similar at first glance, can be very different uh, in the future. If you have any doubt, it's better to copy your code and let it take different paths. It's way simpler to uh, on the long run than having a forest of if statements, uh, which makes your application a machine for confusion and headaches. So duplication is far cheaper than the wrong abstraction. That is a really key point there. Duplication is far cheaper than the wrong abstraction. So yeah, that is, uh, <laughs> that is, uh, that is today's talk. And, uh, basically this has been a talk where, uh, I have, I have basically had a little rant to myself and I've done it live. <laughs> Anyway, I'm going to release episode um, 103, I think it is, uh, next tomorrow, in fact, and that's going to go on the podcast. So if you haven't done so already, please do uh, uh, check that out. I know that a lot of you have done so already, which is great. Uh, so if you just search for How to Go Well on Spotify or on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast from, um, then, uh, then you can uh, listen to the podcast and listen to all the previous episodes. We had some really fantastic guests on in the previous few seasons. So, and that's something that I would love to do again is have some guests on and maybe do it live. So 
look out for that. If that might happen in the, in the, in the coming future, that would be fantastic. But anyway, thank you ever so much for watching. Happy coding, everybody. And I'll see you again live on Twitch at, uh, actually, no, I'm not going to be able to do it this, this Sunday. So <laughs> I'll see you again next Tuesday at, uh, at probably half past six on uh, the afternoon BST on YouTube and we'll do some perhaps PHP 8 work.